everybody, Luke here with another podcast. This one is going to be on, I suppose, the corona. Uh, I don't really want to talk about it, but I get quite a lot of questions about it and a few people who are a bit concerned about what they're going to do with their training and their nutrition when they are stuck at home in a quarantine or in a lockdown situation. So I figured we may as well address a few things since it is timely. The first thing I want to address is what you can actually do to avoid getting infected. And you'll see a lot of things floating around about how to enhance your immune system, uh, what kind of diets to eat, vitamins to take, that kind of thing. And I want you to pay attention to almost none of it. Really, what you want to do to enhance immunity is what you would do to generally be healthy in the first place, to eat a variety of micronutrients from your diet, to get enough sleep, to try and de-stress where possible, to exercise, but not too much, not to the point where you're running yourself into the ground. And then to basically practice all of the hygiene advice that we've been getting, which is to wash your hands regularly, don't touch your face, try and stay away from areas or people that might be infected. Beyond that, you're really not going to get too much out of things like supplementing with a ton of vitamin C or zinc uh, or taking tons of vitamin D. Having adequate levels of those micronutrients is certainly advisable, but megadosing them is not going to make you less likely to contract the virus. So don't bother with it. In fact, if you overdose with vitamins, you could be doing yourself a bit of a disservice anyway. So with that out of the way, uh, I wanted to kind of get into some of the more psychological and practical things we can do when we are perhaps unable to go and do our normal thing in the gym. And, you know, I suppose a lot of people have their identity around the routine that they engage in, the, the regularity in which they go to the gym and their physique. It's something that I can certainly empathize with. It's, you know, I'm a pretty routine driven person. I'm someone who is uh, obviously out there a bit more publicly than some people, but as a personal trainer, you do make or break some of your business based on how you look and how you train. And so I think being uh, looking a certain way and doing a certain type of training means that it gives you some kind of expertise, even though it, it maybe shouldn't to the extent that it does. And it gives you some sort of authority. And if that goes away, then of course it impacts you quite heavily. So I, I certainly uh, can relate to that feeling when you are in a certain shape, you don't want to lose it. And maybe you tie your identity to how you look to a great extent. Now, before I get too deep into this, I know everybody's been impacted by the virus to some extent, some more than others. We've had our travel plans um, you know, completely turned on its head. Essentially, we were in Stockholm on Sunday Given my seminar on Saturday, the 14th of March, uh, Sunday we were coming back to Tyringa in the south of Sweden and we were flying out of Copenhagen on Monday to go to Edinburgh and do three weeks around Scotland before moving to Portugal. On Sunday, or I think on Saturday, the Danish government decided to close its borders to anybody except those in transit and we didn't know if that meant we would be able to get in on the train from Sweden to Denmark or whether it just meant passengers in transit at the airport uh, coming in on other flights. So, you know, we made the decision that perhaps the rest of Europe would start closing its borders and maybe the UK would as well. And we didn't really want to be stuck over there um, when we could have stayed in Sweden with family. And 
turns out we made the right choice. So we canceled all of the Scottish stuff. We canceled Portugal. And since Airbnb is being pretty good with uh, anything that was booked during that time period, we got full refunds and everything. So it worked out quite well. But now we're in Sweden. It's hardly the worst situation to be in, to be quote unquote stuck in Sweden. There isn't any sort of lockdown or anything happening at the moment. So we're free to move around. I think we're going to sit tight for another week or so and see what happens, but we can just travel domestically in Sweden. Now we haven't had uh, a lot of gyms shut down. I know Sats, which is a major gym chain. It's kind of similar to Fitness First if you're from the UK or if you're from Australia and you're familiar with that. Um, I think they have prohibited people from coming in uh, for a period of time, but other gyms seem to be remaining open at this point. So it's not impacting our training very much. And we're not sort of as confined as many people are. So we're in a fairly fortunate position, but nonetheless, I think there are some uh, points that we can go over that might help during this time period. So the first thing is, if you do need to train at home, there are some things you can do in terms of resistance training. Now, I'll have a couple of posts out on this already, I think by the time this podcast goes out, on some of the variables you can use to adjust your resistance training. You can take the same exercise and you can make it more difficult with how you execute the movement, how you adjust the mechanics of the movement uh, and where you load the movement. And that means that you can use a relatively lightweight and you can still get some uh, greater training effect out of it. So this is the principle that a lot of calisthenic training works on. Uh, you know, so if I am a power lifter and I'm looking to get become a very strong bench presser, but I'm a novice. Fundamentally, the difference between me as a relatively new lifter and someone who is at the very peak of the sport, uh, yes, there are some technique differences and there's some individual uh, technique that goes into everything. But fundamentally, the main difference between me and the elite of the sport is just load on the bar. It's just weight. Uh, however, if I was to do something in the realm of gymnastics, the difference between me as a, as a novice gymnastics or calisthenics enthusiast and someone who's at the top of their game, like a high level gymnast, you know, it could be 10, 15, 20 different movement progressions between me and them. And so what calisthenics training often does is yes, it, it often includes some load and it changes strength curves and things like that. But mostly what it's doing is it's using uh, leverage and different biomechanics to come up with different versions of an exercise and train through different ranges of an exercise to improve. And so we can use some of those principles to apply to our lighter load training at home as well. And so there's plenty of stuff you can do. It obviously depends on the exact exercise, but understanding that there are more ways than simple load to progress or regress an exercise is a very handy thing. The other variables that we have at our disposal are things like tempo. You can always slow down the, uh, the rep speed. You can add pauses at various parts of the movement. You can use constant tension techniques, which can make a movement much harder. You can obviously do more reps. And we know that for hypertrophy training or muscle building training, very low load training to failure uh, won't result in the same amount of muscle growth until you hit about 30 or 40% of your one rep max. But at that point, we're still talking like, you know, 40 or 50 reps until we get to true concentric failure. And if we can go close to failure, even with very light loads, say a push up, for example, we'll still get a really strong hypertrophic effect that is equivalent to using 80% of your 1RM. So you don't need very heavy loads to continue to grow muscle. And worst case scenario, you don't need very heavy loads to maintain your muscle mass. 
So that's something that you don't need to stress about too much. You can do high rep, low load training. As long as you get reasonably close to failure, you're still gonna induce a reasonable stimulus for muscle growth, or at least trying to maintain your muscle mass. Uh, the other thing you can do is you can reduce your rest periods to make training a little bit tougher. Um, you can do all sorts of things like that, obviously. You can do little circuits and, um, you know, so there's tons of stuff you can do to alter your training to make it more difficult that doesn't include adjusting the load. The other thing I think that you could probably engage with is trying to do some training that you haven't done before or stuff that you've neglected. I know most people probably neglect doing their cardio training and they neglect doing mobility sort of exercises that they probably should be doing. Um, and so this is a really good opportunity for you to engage with that because you don't really have an option, right? I've always found that people who want to do more stretching or yoga or core work or mobility work or even cardio tend to put it on the end of a session when they kind of half the time couldn't be bothered doing it and they don't do it. And then often they'll say, oh, well, I'll do it on my day at home. I don't have to come into the gym. I can just like do 30 minutes of mobility at home. And because you're not in the right environment, you don't do it. So we have an opportunity now, if you are in lockdown and your gym is closed, to actually engage in different types of training because you don't have your regular equipment and routine available to you. I've recently taken up doing more calisthenics for my upper body because we've been traveling and that's been really fun. I've also done a lot more running and I've found it to be fantastic. I haven't run in a long time, but I used to be quite good at it. And it's really nice to be able to engage with that because it gets you outside into the fresh air. You feel fantastic as a result of it. It is a bit hard at first and it can be a bit tough on the joints, but you can start easy. You can start by doing one minute on and one minute off. You can start real nice and easy and you can build into it. And it feels fantastic to go for a run. It also helps you to add up your step count if you're now confined to the home and you're not out and about and moving so much. It's easier to accrue a higher step count or just be generally more active if you can step out the door and go for a quick jog. So that's a really important thing that I think we can all uh, probably engage in is to explore other types of movement and other types of training and especially ones that maybe we've neglected a little bit. You could also try a new sport. You could obviously do your mobility stuff. Um, but you also need to realize that there are other things in life that are separate from training that are also very important. So there's much more to life than training. We have other things like hobbies. We have professional development, reading for enjoyment, writing, cooking. Uh, you know, there's a vast majority of things. Even just trying to invest in your own personal relationships and spend more time with your family at home could be a, a really important thing that we can now take advantage of since we have the time and the space to do it. I am a big proponent of these things because they're a really big part of your health and they're a part of your personal development. When we train, it's obviously very important for your health. And I think everybody should be training and doing some form of structured exercise. But often we get so obsessed with it that we don't have space for other stuff that's also good for our health, uh, good for our mental health, good for our own personal development. And sometimes it takes pushing you out of your routine to make more space for that kind of thing. So if we're trying to come up with a new routine while we're at home, it gives us an opportunity to rejig things and say, okay, well, I'm going to make space for 30 minutes a day of reading. I'm going to make space for writing a journal or working on my own professional development or taking up meditating or taking up yoga or something like that. 
So I think it's important that we recognize that there are other things outside of training, and this is an opportunity to engage in those things as well, which makes it a much more positive, puts a positive spin on everything. While we're doing this sort of stuff, you might be a little bit worried that you're not going to make gains and you're going to lose some of the stuff that you've, that you've gained. I've previously done a podcast and written an article on muscle memory and how that works. So go back and have a look at that. Uh, so you can get a bit more of an in-depth discussion on that, but you need to remember that it's relatively easy to make back lost gains in size and strength, even if you've had several weeks or even a couple of months off of training. I generally, when we go away and we travel, we go to Europe to see family because my wife is Swedish and we usually travel around for three or four weeks to try and make the most of that horrendously long trip on the plane. During that time, we train when we get the opportunity, but generally speaking, I'll go a couple of weeks without training at all and I'll definitely lose size, I'll definitely lose strength. But it means that when you come back to training again, you are psychologically refreshed, you're physically refreshed, you're really ready to get after it and you feel pretty good. And yes, the first week or two is a little bit tougher because you're not used to it, but you quickly make back those gains and you get back on track very quickly. So if we take a longer term outlook, we realize that having a couple of weeks off or even a month or two off of training is not the end of the world. And yes, it is difficult. I want to acknowledge that it's fine to feel a little bit frustrated and it's fine to feel a bit anxious about it, but we need to move on from that at some point and deal with the situation in front of us and understand that you know, if we're looking at a timeline of six months or a year, realistically having a few weeks off right now is going to make no difference whatsoever to our long-term plans, our long-term gains and our long-term fitness. Two to four weeks of suboptimal training means very little in the context of a whole year of training. Um, and you will feel so refreshed when you get back to it that you'll be able to hit uh, your training harder than ever and get the most gains you can in that time. So take this opportunity now just to do what you can and get after it when you can. Remember that during this time as well, it's important that we simply stay healthy. We do what we can to avoid infection. That should always take the priority. If we put this in perspective, if you're listening to this podcast, the chances are you live in a country that has reasonable infrastructure. We're lucky to have first world infrastructure to deal with this. And especially the people listening in places like Sweden or Australia or the UK or whatever, um, you know, our healthcare is very good. We're in a good position. Unfortunately, some places like, you know, Italy or Spain or Iran or Korea, etc., China have had a particularly high number of cases and their healthcare systems are really struggling with it. Um, of course, we think about those people and it's a tough position to be in, but we're not in a situation where, uh, you know, there are literally tens of thousands of people dying in the streets. Uh, it may reach that point, but uh, right now we're in a really lucky position. And so we need to remember that and we need to put that in perspective and make sure that yes, it does cycle that most of us can't train, work, travel, do all the things we want to do. But at the same time, the priority really is controlling this infection and being positive and doing the best we can in this situation. You know, it's just about trying to be practical. And at this point, there's not a lot you can do, but you can try and make the most out of it. And that's really, a, I suppose, a broader philosophy in life. I keep getting told that I am a great proponent of Stoic philosophy, even though I've read virtually none of it, but essentially it is just playing what's in front of you and making sure you can do what you can. 
Okay, uh, I feel that I want to keep this fairly brief and just deliver a clear message without rambling on too much. So I think I'll end the podcast there. Uh, if you'd like to look into my membership site, Fitness Fundamentals, you can check it out on my website. My Instagram is at underscore Luke Tullick. I also have an online course uh, going into physiology for personal trainers. Uh, I'm going to do another intake of that mid-year. If you'd like to be on the pre-sale list to be notified early for that when the intake goes live, you can also sign up on my website, which I'll have links for in the description. All right, hope you all stay safe. Hope you do well. Guess we'll get back to normal programming soon enough. Otherwise, I'll catch you in the next one.